The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and co-host Fred Fornicola. Our program discusses the facts about chronic health conditions and shows you remedies that work. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Mantos and Fred Fornicola. Welcome everyone to Tom Mantos, Speaking of Nutrition, and my sidekick, Fred Fornicola, the fitness pro. (laughs) Thanks, Tom. Today, uh, everyone, we're going to be talking about bone health. So, Tom, first thing you think about when you think about bone health. Osteoporosis. That's right. Yep. Literally means porous bones. And it's a disease which the mass and quality of the bones start to get reduced over time. So as we know, bones uh, become more porous and fragile. Of course, they're going to risk fracture. Is The risk of fracture is going to be that much more increased, right? Right. So one of the problems is that loss of bone occurs silently and progressively. And the problem there, too, is there's usually no symptoms. And the only time you find out is until you have your first fracture or if you go for bone density tests, which we'll discuss a little later. Right. But it's actually referred to as a silent killer because of that situation is that bones are decreasing and people don't know about it. And it's a major problem for people falling and getting hurt and injuries that don't need to happen. Right. So according to the National Osteoporosis Foundation, there's an estimated 10 million Americans, 10 million Americans that have osteoporosis. And 44 million have low bone density. Now, we know women are more susceptible to having right. loss of bone. Men get it qu- quite often also. Right. Well, st- think of it, statistics but. are showing that one out of every two women and one out of every four men over the age of 50 are going to break a bone due to osteoporosis. That's pretty yeah, significant. Wow. Right? Okay. So you got to look at some of the factors that contribute to osteoporosis. Uh, one of the main ones is not performing weight-bearing exercises, which we'll talk a little bit later. We'll get a little more detail about right. the requirements yeah. for that. Uh, of course, and this has been in every show that we've done so far, and it will continue on, is to have a diet that is, you know, not if it's lacking in wholesome nutri- nutrients, you're not going to build bones. You're not going to build strong muscles, everything that needs to support the bone as well. And then on top of that, a lot of people don't recognize is that you have uh, certain diseases, uh, particular, particular health conditions, and even medications that can affect bone loss. For instance, you know, autoimmune disorders like lupus and, and, and multiple sclerosis, uh, digestive orders can affect it, such as celiac and inflammatory bowel disease. You've got breast and prostate cancer that can affect yes, uh, bone yes. cancer. Uh, stroke, diabetes, COPD, uh, medications such as heparin and Prozac and Zoloft and cancer drugs and I mean, the list goes on. So they're contributing to, unfortunately, contributing to bone loss, helping in other ways, hopefully, but contributing that way. So we have a ton of stuff to go over here for bone loss, and you're the expert on all this. And so let's get the let's yeah, get well, some more information. I'm just, just something I'm thinking about. You know how they, they tell you take Tums as an antacid and has calcium carbonate in there, like they're thinking they're, that's doing you a big favor? Right. When you block stomach acid, that's how you absorb calcium. So the Tums are contributing to bone loss. I don't care if it has calcium carbonate or not. You right. can't absorb it when you're blocking stomach acid. Right. I just came to my head. I had to say it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. you know, as we know, uh, most of us know that bone is not just like cement in the body. 
Bone is actually living, breathing tissue. It's just a little harder than the other tissues. And the bone is real susceptible to factors from the environment and your lifestyle. Uh, Now, what happens throughout life is if you're eating a healthy diet and you're having a good amount of exercise, what happens is that your osteoclast break down the damaged bone and try to get rid of the old bone and the old junk. And then the osteoblast remodel the bone and build it stronger. So your first 30 years of life, your you, what you want is your osteoblast to continue to build bone matrix. By the time you're 30, that's when you reach peak bone mass. That's if you did the right things. If you had an unhealthy lifestyle, no exercise, you're starting off, with diminished peak bone density, and now you're going to be heading to trouble later on. Right, which you never think about as a young person having bone density issues, but it's well, a precursor. Well, do it later. Yeah, right. Sure. And then uh, the next 10 years after 30, your bones try to maintain a balance. Hopefully, you built up a lot of bone density. Of another damper, what happens is when women hit menopause, because of the decrease in estrogen, they start to increase inflammatory chemistry. So this further erodes the bones. So if you don't have good peak bone density to begin with, the erosion process is going to cause a problem. And in men, the reason they get osteoporosis is their estrogens are too low. Men need a a small amount of estrogen to keep them balanced. Right. And and women generally have uh, less bone density than men anyway. So they're more like, that's another reason for being susceptible, right? Exactly. Uh So, Again, I go back to the same topic of inflammation. Inflammation in the body, wherever it's coming from, erodes the bones. So it's a combination of not feeding the bone properly with diet, not getting enough exercise, and then shifting towards an inflammatory system. The inflammation is what erodes the bones. So, again, we talked about diabetes, uh, autoimmune disorders, rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, even periodontal disease all contribute to the inflammatory breakdown of the bone matrix. Now, here, here's a little tidbit for you. Everybody says, oh, you got to take your calcium and you got to drink your milk. That is absolutely not great advice. And I'm going to tell you why it's going to fly against a lot of things, because whenever they tell you, Drink your milk to get your calcium. It says under their American Dairy Council. Does the American Dairy Council want you to drink your milk? But it's also it, but it's also um, on if you go to WebMD, you go to Mayo yeah. Clinic, Harvard Nutrition. They're all recommending. It's a simple-minded approach to a complex problem, right? And it, it's not a single bullet solving problem. No. So your bone is only made up of eighteen to twenty-two percent calcium. So if that's all you're taking, that's all you're addressing. The rest of the bone matrix, and we're going to get into this in detail, is made up of all types of minerals and growth factors and amino acid complexes and all that. So you're not getting that from taking a calcium supplement. Now, if you think about it, if you look statistically, the countries that have the highest dairy consumption, which is United States is right there, have the highest levels of osteoporosis. So think about that. Then think about primitive man did not drink milk at all. No, they were very active, though, too. Yeah, and they ate a lot of plants, right? Right, And they had twice our bone density. They were like mountain gorillas. 
right? <laughs> Big, thick bones. Yep. They didn't take in dairy products. Right. Look at Japanese women that eat the traditional diet. Now, if you look at Japanese women, they're very slight, very slim. You would think they would get bone loss. But on their traditional diet, which is a vegetarian-type diet, there's almost no instance of osteoporosis. Stick them in the United States for three to five years eating the American diet, their risk of osteoporosis goes up just as much as everybody else in the United States. Now, would you think you go to your dentist and, you know, in your younger years and you got periodontal disease, which is inflammation, you know, in the gums and the teeth and all that. That inflammation, particularly as you get older, women into menopause, is directly associated with bone loss and heart disease because of inflammation. Inflammation doesn't just affect one area of the body. It can affect many areas of the body. So the Journal of Bone Mineral Resources, 2003, put out a statement. Studies have indicated that loss of uh, bone mass in the jaw, which is periodontal disease, may be an indicator of overall bone loss and correlate with spine bone density in menopausal women. So then dentists may be able to identify postmenopausal women with an increased risk of osteopenia and osteoporosis. And osteopenia is when you just start losing bone, but it's not bad enough where you're osteoporotic, but you got to do something about it that level. So we talk about inflammation. Now, there's also an immune system component to bone loss. Why is that? Because it's the immune system producing all the inflammation, right? Autoimmune diseases, as we talked, and so forth and so on. The, the way that the immune system reacts to something it doesn't like, it could be something that's altered in the body or something that you're consuming or being exposed to. The immune system produces an inflammatory response. So in the journal Nature's Medicine 2004, it says... Thus, widespread diseases such as rheumatoid arthritis, periodontal disease, and osteoporosis may therefore have in common not only an increase in osteoclast activity, that's the thing that breaks bone down, and bone loss, but also the key involvement of cells derived from the immune system. Okay. So one of, my, <clears throat> one of my next talks coming up, probably in the next couple of podcasts, I want to cover just autoimmune disorders and show you how we can greatly reduce the inflammatory response in autoimmune disorders and even halt it. Because that's really fixing the dam, not just bailing water. Right. You got me? And this has been a, the theme for, you know, all our podcasts that in the past and, and future, because really with it, reducing inflammation and addressing autoimmune diseases fixes a host of problems. Oh, it's, it's huge. Yeah. So then we look at um, studies from the Journal of Rheumatism, and what they did is they looked at females with rheumatoid arthritis. So you think rheumatoid arthritis is inflammatory joint disease and it's inflaming the joints. But the cascade of inflammation also in rheumatoid arthritis increases coronary artery disease. And I talked about that at the last podcast on, on the healthy heart. And also with bone loss. So you can have somebody with rheumatoid arthritis and have several different other problems, coronary heart disease, osteoporosis, and a few other things. The common link is the inflammation. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just have to hit one area. It's like a tsunami 
It can right. hit many different areas and your increased risk factor. That's why it's very important. I want to cover autoimmune disorders in a, in a couple of podcasts. Okay. Now, let's talk about like testing methods. The doctor I work with, Dr. Grasso, he has uh, many women have gotten this when they get older, a DEXA scan. And that does your T cells. It looks to see if you have osteopenia or osteoporosis. It's a common protocol that they use to, to check for bone density. One of the problems with it is you can only get it every year to year and a half. So now you got to wait, no matter what you're doing, dietarily, you're trying to make some changes. Maybe your doctor just said, here, take some calcium, maybe some D. You got to wait a year, year and a half to see if you did anything better. And what's involved in a DEXA? Just lay in a machine. Right. So a lot of times, like uh, I'm, the women that come to me, they'll go for bone density scans mm-hmm. probably every two years. They generally use the hip and leg area, right? Because that's more, that's what's they always common, be, pretty prone to. Yeah, the hip, the cervical, they could use the spine, they could right. use the cervical. Right. Back. Because you can Depends have it, it, you can have it anywhere, right? If you have oh, yeah. Sure. So you always hear that, you know, oh, did you hear what happened to Aunt Mary? She fell and broke a hip, right? Well, but yeah. here, you know, there's a, a, another theory that Aunt Mary's hip broke and then she fell because of the fragility as people start to age and not addressing the situation, the fragility of the bones at that point and the lack of strength are able to support just even standing at some points or taking the stairs or something. And, like and, that. and they, they don't have good balance because their lack of exercise, you know, their right. balance starts to right. go. I mean, and I'll just mention it, but it's, it's, it was really a terrible thing to watch for me, but my grandmother and my mother both broke their hips and, they didn't last long. No. At all. No. It's you totally know, and it was, it was like, yeah. it was gut-wrenching, really, yeah. Yeah. to see it. My mother had a very poor balance and uh, a lot of other medical problems, but as soon as it broke the hip, that was it. Well, well it's, it. what's interesting, too, is that, you know, when you talk about exercise, and we will you know, a little later in this podcast, but your, your muscle is getting stronger and the range of motion that you go through, those things are supportive to the bones. And the bones yeah. are supportive to the muscles, everything working together. So if you're stronger, you have a tendency to have better balance. You have a tendency to build more bone density. But even if you are in an issue, I have a client that's on medication that it's affecting her, oste- you know, causing osteoporosis, but she's in the gym two to three days a week and she walks five or six times a week in multiple times. She's trying to, you know, yeah. keep it at bay. And she's, she's really making an intelligent approach at it based on the fact that she needs to take particular medications and, you know, you, you have to contribute in that way so that you don't run into these issues later All on. Right. So, Let me tell you about a test you may not have heard of, which is we use it as a functional test. It's absolutely essential to do this if you have bone loss or if you want to see if you have bone loss. What it's called, it's called the, B, the bone resorption test. I call it the bone loss assay. That makes it sound easier. But what it is with the simple urine test it measures cross-linked amino acids or peptides that are found in bone. So if you're peeing too many of them out, you're losing bone mass, okay? And the great thing about the test, within two to four weeks, if you change your lifestyle, you can get a, a definite result. So let's say you're, you're doing this bone loss assay, and I, I've, done, I've done quite a few of them in people, and let's say you're in the red, well, if you don't do anything and you're in the red, the next bone density test is going to be worse. Right. 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 If you change your protocol and, and get on the right program, 
you're going to see really rapidly, you're going to be in the green. Now you're going to be in a better bone resorption. So now you have a better chance of improving your bone density test the next time. And it's not expensive. I'm just going to tell you, if the doctor doesn't do it, what you can do to, to find the test, you can order it online. The, the website is holistichealth.com. Go to test and you'll hit all. And the first test that comes up is this bone loss assay or bone resorption as, assessment. It's about $130. They use a lab called Geneva uh, Diagnostics, which is a genetics lab. I used to use them for a lot of things. They're a great lab, very accurate. And they can track their own. You know, I don't know if the regular, if the doctor knows about it. I think maybe the regular labs may still do this test. They used to. I don't know if they do it anymore. But $130, you can get a before and after. Make sure you're on the the right protocol. And how, and how, and you take those results and you mean, comparatively to the people who go for actual tests and then how do they compare to that? The test is pretty accurate. Oh yeah. 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 Let's say you've improved your bone resorption, like you're peeing out 50% less mm-hmm. then you're, and you're in the green, mm-hmm. your next bone density test is should be better. Should reflect it's going to be better. Right. Yeah. Otherwise you don't know. So we're, we're going to take a break, Fred. And uh, let me give you a, my website is tomantos.com. If you want to, Give us a contact in there. Send us an email. Fred's is uh, fitbyfred.net. You can send him a little message, and we'll be back in a bit. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Tom Mantos' Center for Alternative and Preventative Medicine in New Jersey will help you find the right solutions for your health and nutritional needs. Each person is different, and our customized approach tailored to individual needs allows us to create achievable goals that are based on your lifestyle and physicality. Our preventative medicine specialists are committed to helping you make the changes you need in your life. To schedule a 30-minute free consultation or for more information, call 732-219-9636 or visit TomMantos.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and Fred Bornicola. Now back to the program. We're back, Fred. So let me tell you a few other testing um, modalities that, that you'd want to have done. Number one, very important, is vitamin D. You test your D3, it's called 25-hydroxy. Your doctor knows how to do that. You want it, especially if you have bone loss, you want it in the optimal range. The range goes from 30 to 100. You want it between 50 and 80. So you can supplement your vitamin D3 so that you're hovering within 
those parameters. And, and keep in mind too, everybody who goes for a um, standard physical and they get blood work done, every single person that comes back to me, especially in the winter time, says, my D3s, my D's down. Yes, you're not yeah. outside. The sun's not strong enough. You're, you're not exposing your skin. In the, in the summertime, we don't have to worry about it. We, we, we absorb it from, the, from, the, from being outside. If you're outside, and you have if your, outside and yeah. if you have your skin exposed, you just can't sit there and pop your head. I go, it's a beautiful day. It doesn't work that way. But, you know, we have to talk about, you know, the absorption of vitamin D3 through the skin is the, is the best way to have it. But in the wintertime, we're all low. We all have to supplement with Unless you're in Aruba. <laughs> that's true i shouldn't say that well we're, we're in the near northeast so yeah. we're, we're already freezing but everybody has low d yeah, if they don't we, supplement right they always have a low d3 and yeah. it's something that's not uncommon so don't no. be surprised when you get your test not at all second thing i'd look at is have your doctor do inflammatory markers i've mentioned this all the time about crp tnf alpha those are two and then a new one is IL-6. IL-6 stands for interleukin-6. Interleukin-6 is a good one for cardiovascular disease also. So these are in the medical journals. For instance, in the Journal of Endocrinology Investigations, uh, it says that we conclude that both IL-6 and TNF-alpha can be used to block the uh, susceptibility of developing postmenopausal osteoporosis. In other words, you, you do not want them elevated, and it'll damage other areas too. The other thing I talked about with the healthy heart was having your homocysteine checked. Homocysteine, when elevated, causes damage to the arteries. It causes an inflammatory reaction and is associated with bone loss. How we get it down, we use folic acid, and we could use methylated folate. That's the preferred uh, uh, type of folate I like to use and have your doctor run that. Generally, the range might be zero to 10, 12, or 15, depends on the lab. Optimal numbers are going to be four to eight. I just had blood work done this summer and my homocysteine was running around 10. So I'm not happy with that. I wanted eight. So I took some methylated folate and then I'm going to get it retested. Now we're going to talk about nutrition. What we can do to prevent... Well, there's and, a novel idea. Yeah. What we can do to prevent and even reverse bone loss. All right. Now, we talked about calcium by itself is not going to remineralize the bone by itself. And it's not even that great at preventing bone loss if your diet's bad and you don't really have activity. It's not going to help you a lot. Remember when you used to go to the health food store when you were young, one of the popular supplements was bone meal? Yes. People would take that for the bone, bone meal. Bone meal was a pretty good idea because bone meal had some of the other uh, minerals in there we talk about that's in bone. Right. Here's the problem. Bone meal ended up being loaded with lead, arsenic, and cadmium, which are heavy metals, and they're toxic. And the other thing is they process bone meal under high temperature, so it kills all the minerals and right. growth factors off. So that's mm-hmm. lousy. Mm-hmm. And the other one you may remember, and they a lot of commercials, they made a lot of money on it. Coral calcium. Mm-hmm. Oh, coral calcium is wonderful. You know what? Coral calcium stinks. Mm. <laughs> coral calcium was found to be loaded with lead and mercury, and coral calcium is very poorly absorbed. So most of it goes out the south end. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. So what I'm going to be talking about, some of you may have heard of, most of you not. Many of the doctors I talked to don't even know what it is. It's called, I'm going to give you the abbreviation and the long name. You don't have to remember it, but the abbreviation is MCHC stands for microcrystalline hydroxyapatite. 
So MCHC is whole bone extract processed under low heat. Mm -hmm. So everything's in it. What's in it? Calcium and phosphorus, trace minerals like magnesium, zinc, copper, silicon, manganese. And then the other trace minerals found in bone would be type 1 collagen, bone amino acids, proteins, organic factors, and growth factors, the same exact proportion as your bone. And it's interesting that you said doctors don't know about it because I'll have clients. I have a lot of clients that are 50 and above. And in particular, a lot of the women will come in and say, you know, I had my testing done. A doctor said, don't bother with calcium. It's worthless. And I kind of cringe knowing that calcium is not the sole answer, but it doesn't need to be thrown out you know, out the window either because there is this MCHC that actually has The MCHC is far superior. It's been tested against every known type of calcium. It's superior in absorption. And let me just read you a study out of the Journal of Osteoporosis International and evaluated the effectiveness of, of two forms of calcium. They looked at calcium carbonate, which is usually your popper one you get in the health food store, and the MCHC in preventing further bone loss and postmenopausal osteoporosis. The calcium carbonate supplement was shown to reduce the rate of bone loss by about half. So you're still getting it, but it cut it by half. Right. The MCHA was shown to completely halt bone loss. Big difference. And in another study, the MCHC not only reduced bone loss, but actually helped to increase cortical bone density and thickness by 6.1%. And that's just in 12 weeks. Right. So if you do that over a long period of time, you're going to get more increased bone mass. Sure, that's huge. It's great, right? The thing with the MCHC, they're not all equal. I'll tell you the product I recommend, and then I'll get into it. Cal Appetite Bone Builder. I like the one with magnesium. So Cal Appetite Bone Builder with magnesium, again, from Metagenics. I'll tell you why. So you, if you want to look it up, go to my website, hit supplement store, hit Metagenics, and you can look at that. There's several different types of Cal Appetite Bone Builder. The reason I like theirs is they have certifications. So they have an independent lab test everything that's in there, all those trace elements, and they have to get certified that they're in there. The second thing, they get certified that they don't contain any heavy metals like lead, arsenic, mercury, aluminum. That's a concern. Now, there are There are other MCHC products you can get in the health food store that are good, but you want to get a good product, not the money saving brand because it's, it's cheap. They don't test for the heavy metals. They don't test for the analysis that everything is in there, what it's supposed to be. The problems are the regulations are pretty lax. And the fact that I know Metagenics, I've been interested in using them for over 30 years is that they're they're quality products and they do have certifications. And that to me is important. Well, Well, it's worth spending the extra few dollars for it. See, they're, you have to look for a company that's GMP certified. That's guaranteed manufacturing practices, like a good product in the health food store would be something like uh, Carlson's right. or a life extensions. Right, really good. Right. So an independent lab has to test everything that's in there. They test it for heavy metals. You sure as hell do not want heavy metals. In no, there. I don't know how many, I don't know how many people I had one patient that did the coral calcium. Mm-hmm. She was chronically sick right. after doing it for a long period of time. Right. There's, there's things in here you don't even know. They right. don't test it for yeah. anything, right. you know? And I mean, and, and who's to expect that kind of stuff to be in there? I mean, you don't expect, again, when you look at, we talked about this in the last podcast, when you're looking at supplementation, I always look at the other, you know, when you see the fillers that are in there 
and you look at the different compounds of what we have, like we talked about the magnesium and all the other stuff, you don't expect it to have heavy metals well, included. It's not going to be listed there, but I mean, it's... I want to make sure they're screening for it. Like right. we talked about the fish oils, right. the real cheap fish oils, they don't screen for mercury. Right. Right. And you're getting it from fish and, and in here, the sea that have mercury. Right. But here you, know? you are. Here you are thinking, okay, I'm, I'm improving my health. Guy, t- The guy on the podcast said take fish oil. Okay, I am. Yeah. You're actually doing more damage in essence because you right. have all these you know, contaminants and you're having uh, heavy metals in your, in your you system. You go to a good company. Right. Because right. fish oils is, an, is another thing that reduces the inflammatory process. So you definitely want to use that if you're not eating a lot of fish. Right. I take four fish oils a day and they're from Metagenics. Now, other good ones that you can get. The, the range of therapy for fish oils is going to be two to six capsules a day. So two to six grams yeah, but a day. What is that equal on, in like EPA, you know, DHA? Uh, I, you depends know. on the product that right. you get. They're so, all they're all different. Yeah, you know. But the the fish oils, uh, other good companies like Carlson has really good fish oils. The cod liver oil is actually good. The lemon flavor. <laughs> it's really? not like you want to chug it or anything, but it's tolerable. Give it to your dog if he you has like your, yeah. inflammatory, like joint disease or yeah. something. Yeah, sure. And the other one that's good is Norwegian fish oils. Right. They, Carlson says have a Norwegian fish Norwegian oil. fish yeah. oils are, are free. Yeah. They're, they're pure. Now, I'm going to tell you about a, a really excellent product to add to the MCHC. And you, I only do this with people that have established bone loss. So the MCHC is great to take preventatively. Make sure you're getting all the trace elements in. If you want to get a good preventative, don't waste your money on the freaking calcium. Mm. So this has that and all the minerals and everything else in there. Right. If we have established bone loss, osteopenia, and then osteoporosis, so we want to get bone improvement, right. bone health improvement. So what and I had mentioned about Functional Medicine Research Institute in Gig Harbor, Washington, they're the research arm for metagenics. And what they did, it took them – several years and and all different studies that they did, literally hundreds of studies to assist in bone loss. They developed a product called Ostera, O-S-T-E-R-A. And they developed this for people with already established bone loss. You don't necessarily need to take it if you don't have bone loss, but you use it with the MCHC and it significantly improves the benefits you get from the MCHC. Mm -hmm. So what's in Ostera? First of all, it has vitamin D in it, which is very important. Now, remember, vitamin D has a critical role in not only autoimmune diseases, but inflammation and an immune dysfunction. So it covers a lot of stuff. So vitamin D is very important. The other thing Ostera has they put in there was vitamin K. Now, vitamin K, you have two types, K1 and K2. Vitamin K is very important uh, for for proper blood clotting, uh, but extremely important for bone density. You can can get those from your green veggies like kale. Lots of green vegetables, yeah. But if you have bone loss, you're probably going to have to eat absolutely like a horse. You know, (laughs) you have to eat like a horse of it to get enough. Anytime you have a a situation that's not it's normal, it's yeah. You got to amp it up. up. You got to amp it up. Yeah, for sure. Now. Here's a couple other interesting things. They added two more things to it. Remember, we talked about hops from beer. Right. Right. The chemical in hops that they used was called humulus. Humulus has great anti-inflammatory properties. So it helps with the inflammation affecting the bone. And the second thing they added to it was an herb called berberine. 
and berberine has a ton of studies on it. What this, what Ostera does is it's an anti-inflammatory for the bone. So they've done before and after bone loss assays, you know, that what I talked about with the cross-linked amino acids, peeing out and you could test it. They did studies with that. They did studies with DEXA scan. When you combine these two, there's nothing like it. I mean, it significantly improves your bone loss assay results and significantly improves bone health and bone, you know, formation and density of the bone. So that's, that's a new product. People never heard of it, but again, it's an anti-inflammatory for the bone. Let me read you an interesting study. This is a study. Well, they don't mention Ostera, but this is what it is. It's from the Journal of Bone Mineral and Metabolism, 2007. Hops, which is isoalpha acid, so that's hops that they have in it. Berberine, which I just mentioned. Vitamin D3 and vitamin K1 favorably impact biomarkers of bone turnover in postmenopausal women in a 14-week trial. So they got significant improvement. Right. Unlike the drugs, which cause all kinds of, can be massive side effects, including leg breaks. Like, it, I can, you know, I don't know why they would get a, a drug for bone density and then you might fracture your leg. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, that's, or people get, yeah, we, you know, we all go kinds on about of different drugs. About so there's, that. No, there's no side effects. With right. in, some, in some cases, too, like we talked about people who are on prescription medications, for instance, that are causing bone loss and decay. You might feel like you're holding the ocean back with a pail, but you have to do something. And this this yeah. approach actually is just a complementary way of slowing down the decay and the, and what's going to happen from using these medications and having certain diseases. So you have to work at reducing inflammation as along with, you know, working on whatever chemicals you put in your body that's causing issues. Yeah. And then when I'm done with this next section, I got to tell you a story that I remember all the way from the 90s, and it's it's unbelievable, and I never forget some of these outstanding stories that I get, but I'll tell that in a minute. The other thing that um, greatly impacts bones, people may have heard of keeping a, uh, your acid-alkaline balance. So your body should be a little alkaline. Alkaline would be 7.35 to 7.45. You can actually get urine strip sticks and making sure that you're, you're – urine pH is at least around a seven, right? If you're in running acidic, not only is that a risk to like cancer and other chronic diseases, it erodes the bone. Mm-hmm. It erodes the bone. So you want to stay alkaline. The best way to stay alkaline is your diet, right? So what kind of, what kind of diets do we look at? I'm going to say Mediterranean. Well, that's one of them. <laughs> that's one of them. Modified Mediterranean diet is a plant-based diet. So a high-protein diet, if you did a real high-protein diet or a lot of sugar or processed foods, makes your system acidic. Plant-based diet increases alkalinity. In right. And life. again, what we said last time and the times before that, carbohydrates are not the enemy, just the volume right. of carbohydrates. And right. It's not all about I need all my carbs, pro- man. I had to have them before I trained this morning. <laughs> it's uh, not all I, about, I can't train. It's not all about protein. I mean, protein is important. It's muscle building, but it's a balanced approach. Right. So the acid-alkaline balance. Now, other ways of eating that I really like that are great for this is either being a vegan or a vegetarian. Now, vegetarian, generally people, they don't eat uh, meat products exactly. Mm -hmm. And we got to go to commercial 
in a little bit. Wait, finish your quick thought. Go ahead. Well, I'm not gonna be able to finish it in that time. Yeah, so. I never, I never know <laughs> you. To, to I, I never know yeah. you to finish I'll, the quick thought. So I'll, I'll, pick, I'll pick it up when we get back. <laughs> we'll be right back. Thanks. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Tom Mantos' Center for Alternative and Preventative Medicine in New Jersey will help you find the right solutions for your health and nutritional needs. Each person is different, and our customized approach tailored to individual needs allows us to create achievable goals that are based on your lifestyle and physicality. Our preventative medicine specialists are committed to helping you make the changes you need in your life. To schedule a 30-minute free consultation or for more information, call 732-219-9636 or visit TomMantos.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and Fred Bornicola. Now back to the program. All right, we're back, Fred. Real quick, vegetarian diet. Generally, people avoid meat, but on vegetarian, they may have byproducts of meat. So they may eat eggs or they may eat dairy products. I like cultured dairy products like cheese and yogurt, right. not necessarily cow's milk. A lot of people react to cow's milk. Right. A vegan is pretty much they don't even have that. Right. They don't want to have anything from an animal. And that's fine. Yeah. That's a great alkalizing diet. It's very good for you. Problem is people have to get their protein from plant-based and they make sure they get enough of it. Right. You know, I had a girl... This is like 10 years ago. I don't forget it. She was in college. She goes, yeah, I'm a vegetarian. I eat vegetarian. You know what she ate? Mm-hmm. Her basic diet was cornflakes and pasta. Right. So that's not a vegetarian diet. That's a horrible diet. No, that's just don't not, do that. that's not, that's not eating anything with a face. I give you that, but that's yeah, about it's it. terrible. Yeah. yeah. So you got a well-balanced vegetarian diet. I'm a big proponent of right. it. And, and even now, like with, you know, quinoa is real popular. It's one of the complete protein sources of grains. It's one of the few amaranth is another one. Yep. That's a good one. I mean, of course, people can get from beans and uh, certain legumes. They have peas, a great source. In fact, they even make a nice pea protein powder now that they have. Pea and rice protein, great, awesome. great amino yeah. acids. A lot of the new ones, um, they, they add branch chain amino acids. Like I know Metagenics, I use one of those. They add branch chains right. to fortify it with amino acids. Sure. And uh, yeah. I use that before I work yeah. out a lot it, of times. And if you're trying to keep your, your caloric intake down, that's a great way to go. Well, Fred, let me give the people a quick pearl. We're going to give them a pearl. Go ahead. So if you have bone loss, you do the MCHC, which is the microcrystalline hydroxyapatite, with the Ostera. That's a great combination. And if you need a little extra D, you can take that. Now, I'm going to give you a pearl, something that's really inexpensive and very effective, because I, I did study homeopathy for six years in Boston. It's called, it's a cell salt. It's called calc 
Calcarea phosphoricum. That's a long name. Right. But Calcphos, C-A-L-C-P-H-O-S, 6X or 7X. You'll get a whole thing of uh, pills. Last you, it'll last, it's about 10 bucks. It'll last you 10 years. This mm-hmm. is how you take it. Take one of those pills, dissolve it in a little water bottle with eight ounces of water. But don't touch the pill. If you can, if you right. can help it. Shake it up a couple times. You take a sip or a teaspoon twice a day for a month. Month on, month off, month on, month off. And you just keep doing it like that. Really helps the bones. And it's so inexpensive. Right. There's no toxicity. There's nothing bad in there. So here's the common theme for the, the you know, the um, issues that we've been talking about. Type 2 diabetes. Last week we talked about the healthy, healthy heart. Excuse me. There's a lot of work that goes into getting prepared for this stuff. There's supplementation. Yes, it's 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 desirable to have supplementation. It just helps along with the process. Eating good and exercise, we hear that all the time. We hear take your supplements. Tom has been doing this for I don't know how long. He started helping me 30 years ago. There's very specific reasons we're taking specific supplements to do things. Are they costly? Yes, but I don't know how costly it is to have a heart disease or type 2 I diabetes. Take, I take or, it as an insurance. I take exactly. a lot of supplements and I take a lot of bodybuilding right. but we, stuff. But, that's my thing. Yeah. Right, but we also don't have current issues with things. And you really need Thank to God. step it up, right. though. Right, sure, but we work hard at that. You do need to step it up when you're having issues or you can deal with the consequences later. So there's a lot of time and a lot of effort and some finances that need to go into this. However, it's not a waste of money because it's, this has been proven to be helpful. It, extremely it depends helpful. if you're in pretty good health, you don't need much, you might need a little insurance package. If you have an ongoing medical problem, you may have to take a little more to, you can kind of get through that. Well, this is and, like with any get that fixed up. Sure. But any issue we're talking about, any disease, any, yeah. any, any inflammation, anything you're talking about is preventative and it's, it has to be done earlier than later. And you don't want it to get away from you so that you have major problems that you can't come back from, or if you do, it's going to take quite a bit. From and remember whatever you're doing has to be supported by science. People all the time, they send me, Tom, look at this supplement. Is this good for me to take? Well, they're making all these claims, but there's not one scientific study to support it. So no, right. don't waste your money on right. it because if it did what it said, they would be able to right. prove just it. Because there's a picture of a guy in a lab coat selling. It doesn't mean the work. That nah, doesn't mean nothing. So here's my story. I got to tell you about in the nineties, same place I worked when you came, Sammy, I'm not going to mention it. No, it's good. Yeah. (laughs) I had this elderly woman. She was like around in her late seventies and she came in. She was so sweet. She came in all, all humped over. Now they, you know, they get that big hump pad on their back. Sure. Sure. You know, and she's all bent over with osteoporosis, I mean, bad, right? And she could, we had a long hallway. She could barely walk up the hallway and she, you know, came down. So, and she, but mentally determined, mm-hmm. okay? I wish she would have came to me a long time ago, but we had, this is what it was. So back then we had the MCHC. So I put her on that. Um, the Ostera and that, we didn't have any of that. So I put her on the calc force I talked about and some a few other things changed her diet around. And what I did was, <clears throat> she's very weak. I gave her a little home program of body weight exercises that she could start real slow with and then gradually improve that. Mm-hmm. But she's mentally determined. Right. So I started on a walking program. So she could barely make it down the hall. So what we had her do is, there was a bus stop on the corner right. where I was. Yeah. The bus would drop her off there mm-hmm. and then she would, in the beginning, it took her a while. Right. She would walk 
Torah building. Okay. Okay. Then I put her on a walking program. So week by week, we're adding a little bit of walking. Right. Right. Well, anyway, I heard from her a year later, she moved to Florida. Year later, every day she walked three to four miles. Amazing. Every day. She she just couldn't, you know, thank me enough. I mean, I'm just trying to help her, you know, yeah. the best I can. But her mental outlook well, that's was that she's, she's going to do it regardless of what anybody is saying to her. And she greatly improved her function. Well, that, and that's a huge part of it. It's the commitment level. And that's something that literally you take one step at a time. So let, let's let's um, talk about exercise. Hey, a topic I'm really familiar with. Yeah. So one of the things... The astronauts in outer space, one of their major problems when they're in space or on the space station for a long time, massive loss of bone matrix and muscle mass. Because they're, yeah, they're floating. Right. Right. So they have to make these machines that mimic weight bearing exercises right. or they wouldn't even be able to walk when they come back. Right. 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 So a lot of people uh, are given, for instance, pool aerobics to do. Mm-hmm. Now, if they have bone loss, the pool aerobics are good. They can strengthen some of the muscles. Right, just buoyancy. But so. you're too buoyant. Right. Really? Right. So what would you do with, with somebody? Like what kind of things would would be beneficial for so, somebody with osteoporosis? Right, so you have, you have two types of, of osteoporosis exercise. You have, um, you know, weight-bearing and muscle strengthening. So there's actually two categories of weight-bearing. There's a high impact and a low impact. So when you think high impact, you're thinking about – Something that causes the the body to strike the ground, for instance, like running, uh, you have dancing, uh, hiking, jumping rope, stair climbing, uh, things like that. I, I read an article, a statistic about cycling, bicycling. Um, casually, no, but intense cyclists, because of the gears they used in the hill climbing, that they consider not just pedaling along, like correct, you know, not a ten mile an hour pace. They're out there pounding the pedals. Yeah, that's considered high impact because there's resistance. So that kind of almost falls into the strength category. So if you have low impact exercises, you think um, elliptical machine uh, using a stair climber, you know, walking things like you said, casual bicycling, that type mm-hmm. of stuff. That that works for the uh, the weight bearing exercise. So again, walking. Great exercise for overall health, getting sun, getting air. If you do it on a, on a treadmill, even using an incline on the treadmill becomes more difficult. So it becomes a strength exercise for, you know, to some degree. So, but it is a pounding exercise if you're walking. It's a low impact one, but still one that's necessary. Then we talk about strengthening exercises, muscle strengthening. So people think it just, okay, I'm lifting weights, using a resistance band, doing yoga, it's just building my muscles. Yes, but don't forget the tendons, the ligaments, and obviously the bone. When you're doing exercises with resistance using machines, dumbbells, barbells, like I said, there's you're putting torque and pressure against the joints, against the bone, against the muscle tissue, tendons, and everything else. But even exercises, and it also can be, you know, um, body weight exercises are good as well. But look at yoga and Pilates, things of that nature. Uh, so many people are, are so quick to poo-poo them. You know, I walked in the other day, my wife does yoga at home. I walk in and she's doing a handstand. Now there's a lot of guys that aren't going to pop up and be able to hold themselves up in a handstand. So there's some yeah. strength there. And the thing is, is that when you're doing these things, you're just trying to make the muscle and bone work harder to build 
you know, the, the, the mass and density and strength. And the thing is, as you mentioned about the woman who was walking, I was working with a woman when I first started out. She was hunched over as well. I went to her home with one pound dumbbells and some flat resistance bands and she couldn't walk. And, um, she had a little, she had some mental issues, if you will. So she was just a little off a little bit. She was a sweet yeah, old lady, like, but, like the rest of but she said, but we did, <laughs> it's true, <laughs> but we're training. And I went there a couple of days a week. And after a couple of weeks, she says to me, as I, she's holding my arm as I'm walking with her and she's shuffling along and she's improving. She leaned over to me. She goes, Fred. I said, she, she, I said, what can I help you? She's like, I'm getting taller. And I said, um, Okay. And I just, you know, she meant that she could see herself. She was becoming more upright right. because her back was getting stronger, uh, her abdominals, her legs, everything was becoming stronger. So it wasn't like she was consciously standing up straight. It's just the muscle tissue was able to support her structure. And so even that little bit can help. So you don't even consciously know these things are going I, on. I, I think the strength training is extremely important. Like the, the woman I told you about with the walking but I had her do some real light dumbbells and sure. I had her do body weight calisthenics sure. and I had her build it up. So the idea is you got to get stronger but, over a period of time. Don't keep doing the same level of intensity. But you also need to train your entire body because exactly. somebody who's just doing, you know, a, we talked about this in other podcasts, just doing aerobics or just doing strength training or just doing nutrition. You need to balance it with everything because if you're doing a stepper or you're riding your bike or whatever, you're building bone density, but just only in your legs. What about your spine? What about your arms? What about, you know, you have to remember that. Part Servable. Of neck. Sure. Of course. That's another area they measure. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a vital part. You get in a small car, you know, accident, you have whiplash because your bones are too fragile. Your neck's not strong enough. So it, it's very supportive when you are doing things and you're, you're stronger, you're able to do more things easier. And it works around, that builds a structure of support. So, if you have joint problems, if you have arthritis, if you have limitations in your movement patterns, being stronger just supports those joints and, and tendons and bones even even that much more. Yeah. And, and it's important, like, you got to get your kids into some activity. You know, if we hit peak bone mass at 30 years old and you're not doing anything till 30, you're not going to have peak bone mass without any kind of activity. Your body needs it. You're just sitting playing video games all the time. Right. You're not building, you know. Not, bone mass. No, that's not even you know, low impact. The kids, I mean, get the kids into, I like martial arts, you know, I do jujitsu and that and grappling. Those are all great and great activities. They don't have to do it every day, but if they did it a couple of yeah. times a week, yeah. you know, sometimes I always try to get like some of my kid patients, they don't want to do the martial arts stuff. At least get them doing some kind of resistance training sure, or something sure. a couple of times a week. That's not taking a lot of their time, yeah. but they're getting some activity. And look, you and I have been, strength training for 45 years plus. I mean, it's just something we just done naturally. But, you know, the thing is, is that I tell people when they talk about their children, I'm like, go to the playground, let them run, let them jump, let them do the things. These are little kids, right? Yeah. Get yeah. them out, ride bikes with people, you know, your kids play Frisbee. Do The whole idea for every aspect of life is to be more fit. You want to be able to go out and be functional and healthy. There's too many things you can do that are easy for you to, uh, negate having issues with major problems, you know, unless something genetically happens, you can't, you know, but point the, act is, the activity is just, it's huge. It's pathetic. Yeah. Though. I mean, that's, that's why you're seeing all these. Uh, and again, men, remember men, if you're having bone loss issues on top of what I talked about, you need to get your estrogen measured. Right. And there's ways to naturally 
Yeah. Balance well, because you always but, think about men and testosterone. You don't yeah. think about women and testosterone, but that's well, there too. Women, you know, need, they, women need testosterone. Course, we too. just have just higher balance. Exactly. Yeah, we just right. have bigger right. amounts of it. Well, it reminds me of a quote. I, I saw this quote by uh, an individual named uh, Jim Rohn. I hope I pronounced that properly. But he was an entrepreneur and motivational speaker. But he had a great fitness quote. And it said, take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. And I just think that really encompasses everything. Is It's really you have to deal with what you're doing every day and making the best of it. And if you're unhealthy, you know, you're going to struggle through a lot of different things. And it's not necessary. Well, the quality of life is, is going is, to be horrible. Well, right. You know, toward the and, end. And, and that affects many other people. You know, you want to be like, I train like an animal. I still train like I always do when I compete in bodybuilding. I really do. But I love these really old timers. Oh, God. That yeah. still, they're in tremendous. So didn't I tell you about the guy? 90 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Weighed only 160 pounds. Mm-hmm. He was an old time power lifter. Right. This guy deadlifted 405 pounds for two reps uh, that's perfectly. Amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Most of the guys in my gym couldn't even budge that off no, the ground. No, you know, no. 90 years old. The, the I, guy I, and the guy looked like a whole thing. He looked fit. You know what I'm saying? Sure. He looked tremendous. What, what I love is most of my client base is not only just over 50 and 60. They're in their 70s. I have a, lot, awesome. of, I have a lot of women in their 70s. I got a gentleman who's going to be turning 82. I have another gentleman who's... He's in his early 60s. He wants to bring his dad, and his dad's 90. And God he bless. Wants, God I bless him. I know, right? God so, bless him. So we're going to have to – we're going to be cutting it uh, short, but what I want to say is the next podcast, we're going to do like a nutritional roundtable. So we're just going to talk about a bunch of junk, right? I want to talk about diet and fad diets, the ketogenic diet, and break all it down. But we want questions, questions and comments from our listeners – so you can send us an email, send it to me, TomMantos.com. There's a contact form in there. You can send any question you want to ask about health, or you can send it to Fred, fitbyfred.net. And we'll, we'll get to your questions and we'll try to answer it. Make sure it's like a health related, but we'll, I'll take any question along those lines that, that you have for us. But uh, that's going to be our next podcast. So thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening this week to Tom Mantos Speaking of Nutrition with co-host Fred Bornicola. We have new episodes every week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us again soon as we continue your personal journey to better health.